everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 144. We talk about Google Search Console, HubSpot ads, and easily adding contacts into the HubSpot CRM. You're listening to APAC's number one HubSpot-focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, and features, and strategies for growing your marketing results. We hope you enjoy the podcast as much as HubSpot's CEO, Brian Halligan, does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I am so good. I know you're so good. Do you remember? How, how, how is that burger? Oh, mate, that burger was good. And the tooth is good. You know, last episode I was complaining because I was on the codeine from my wisdom tooth. Turned out I had a few complications. That's right. Why am I mentioning this? Listeners don't care that I had my wisdom tooth out, right? People don't care. But here's the lesson. Sometimes you have to have a bad experience just to appreciate how good life is when it's fixed, right? So I've been so happy this week because when you've had no sleep all week from a toothache, they finally fix it and you sleep well. It's so good. So you said, how am I? I am so good. It's such a good week. Massive difference. It's massive. (laughs) All right, Craig, on to our inbound thought of the week. And this is about Google Search Console, or previously people might have known it as Google Webmaster Tools, and this now integrates into HubSpot. And why is this important, Craig? Well, why is it in inbound thought of the week? Because remember when inbound was about organic, Ian? Remember back in the good old days? That's right. But now, because we'll be looking at it shot two and, you know, um, Google Ads, which is becoming more and more prominent in their features. What's funny is now when you go into the marketing menu in HubSpot, marketing, you know what the first thing is there? Ads. (laughs) In an inbounding way, (laughs) of course. Right. But inbound thought of the week is about organic, which is around Google Search Console. So I think it's interesting that there's been two big feature kind of rollouts from HubSpot in the last, well, week or two um, by the the time you hear this, listeners. So one is ads, which we'll come to in shot two, but the first is Google Search Console. And for people that aren't familiar with Google Search Console, it used to be called Google Webmaster Tools. And this is a tool that Google provides. It's not a HubSpot tool. Google provides it. And it gives you insight onto how well your site is doing in the Google search results. And so, for example, it'll tell you how many times your site turned up in search results. That's called impressions. It'll also give you things like average ranking for keywords. It'll tell me how many clicks you've had through to your site, those kind of things. So it's really important. Why we're mentioning it here is because HubSpot's actually just launched an integration where you can connect your Google Search Console account to HubSpot and then in things like the content strategy tool or also on landing pages, web pages in their optimization section, you can actually see data from Google Search Console pulled directly in. So this is really good. You can see the effect your content is having and how Google is driving impressions, clicks, and overall rankings for your content. So I think this is a a really cool integration and just another uh, step forward in Google's content strategy play. And now we have a tool that's kind of outside of this, but it's called Sanity Check. And it's something you discovered in one of the groups you're a part of. We had a look at it. It's a, it's a good tool. It's at, the, it's, it's at its infancy. It's at its start. But I think it's a great way to actually to use this tool to do a check of sites. So it'll check your speed. It'll check keywords. One thing I loved that you showed me is these keywords that are within striking distance that you could potentially do some work and rank for. 
and there are many other features that are in this product but i think it's a good value product if you're you've got one site i think it's like 15 20 a month to keep Actually, it track. It's, it starts at 10 bucks oh 10 bucks for there one site yeah yeah Look, it's really good. And the one you mentioned, striking distance, this is, it looks at Google search console data and it says, oh, show me all the queries that I kind of rank for on page two and three that are getting a reasonable number of impressions. Now, before we had to kind of export the data out of Google search console, put it in spreadsheets, filter out our page two and three. Right now we'll sort by volume of impressions, et cetera. All the stuff that, you know, SEOs have been doing for years. Here's a tool that just does it like that. So you can go in, you can just run it and uh, that kind of, time-saving stuff I love. We're going to talk a little bit about um, scalability and automation when we come to our inside of the week. But I love any tool that increases efficiency yes. and takes away stuff that might have taken me 10 or 15 minutes before and makes that a one-second job and something that my team can just do and we can do for all our clients and put them into this tool. And it can send me a daily email. It gives me an updated on that. That's valuable. This is the tool for you, sanitycheck.io. We've got a link in the show notes. Check it out. All right, onto our HubSpot marketing pitch of the week, Craig. And this is the HubSpot ads add-on. And what's actually happening is that this ads add-on or a cut-down version of it is rolling into marketing professional and enterprise as a part of the marketing hub. Now, why is this important, Craig? Is because ads are used across a lot of accounts within marketing hub and professional and We'd often buy the ads add-on because we found it to be really valuable in providing insight into contacts and into ads that were working and converting and what was actually taking place. So that's why we used to use that. But what's going to happen is now there's going to be, a, I guess, an included version in the marketing hub professional enterprise. And then you can still buy the ads add-on, which gives you a few extra features and there's something to do with ad spend caps and audience thinking. So I think it's really important to understand what these differences are. And we put a nice little frequently asked questions slash graph in the show notes that you can actually have a look at this. So one of the things we want you to be aware of is that they're limiting ad spend and audience limits on the add-ons. And you need to be aware of what your ad spend is because this might actually bump you up into actually getting the ads add-on. Yeah, so look, I've got a few comments about this, um, as, as, as you know. Overall, good. If you haven't got the ads add-on, yes. getting this for free in pro and enterprise, this is all about reporting, okay? Correct. So when we recommend, we've recommended the ads add-on to most of our clients for the last year or two. It's one of the few add-ons. Well, Correct, the, that we buy regularly. Yeah, yeah, so, and why? Reporting. Yeah. Is it because we like managing ads through the ads add-on? No. Is it because we use it for syncing? Well, not really. It's all about reporting. And in some ways, that's really where HubSpot's going. You know how like the, the reporting add-on, a lot of that's just kind of rolled in. rolled in now. It's all because they want to make HubSpot a reporting hub. And ads is one way that it's really useful, provides it's a lot integral. of value. Yeah. yeah, so I think overall it's a good thing. However, I do have a bit of a grumble about this, the way that they've... I guess, tiered it so that they can provide it for free without annoying all the people that are on legacy versions that have unlimited spend, you know. So just to give you an example, on Marketing Pro, if you're managing $10,000 a month of ad spend, it'll let you report on that. But over that, I don't know what they do. Do they hide the results? I don't know. But in which case, the add-on won't work for you. And I'm like, why? 
Like who came up with 10K? I, I think this is a bad decision. And in fact, any tools that we have, like we've got another one, Optimizer, and you Correct, use it as yes. well for you know optimizing Google Ads and Bing Ads and stuff like that. They have these tiers capped on ad spend. I'm like, why is that? I, I, ad Espresso was another one for managing. I'm like, why? I can imagine, I can understand capping on the number of linked accounts, right? Or the number of linked lists. I can understand that. But ad spend, this really irks me because when you move across industries, some 10 grand a month, wow, that's a big spend for a big company. Others, we've got legal clients. 10 grand, spend that in- that, you know, like what 10 grand, what's that? <laughs> 10 clicks, right? No, I'm joking, of course. But, you know, like industries change. And okay. I think this is a really, I, I really dislike tools that tier on ad spend when they're reporting on ads. You know, I just, it's, anyway, that's a, I've made that into more than a grumble than um, I actually feel about. I don't feel another, like about Another it. key yeah. thing I want to highlight that on the marketing hub and enterprise ads that are included, the audience sync is only done daily. So it's done mm-hmm. once a day. Whereas if you are on the ads add-on, it is actually done on an hourly basis. So these audiences get synced every hour on the hour. And I think that's actually a valid tiering, you know, pay yeah, more and you get absolutely. more higher frequency. Yes. Totally fine with that. That's a good differentiation. That's right. By the way, if you're on the legacy ads add-on. Keep it. Keep it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cancel it. Don't cancel it. So, yeah, that's all, all right. Nice. By the way, I reckon they'll be rolling LinkedIn advertising in in 2019. Is that a prediction, Craig? Well, it's kind of a prediction and it's kind of because our LinkedIn ad rep account manager mm. said, oh, yeah, because I forget yeah. how it came up. We're chatting with them the other day. said, oh, yeah, no, we're doing uh, – I forget why because they've got lots more integrations. LinkedIn, they're really exposing yes. the API more, whereas they really pulled it back because if you remember right back in when the ads add-on initially rolled well, out, LinkedIn was it had LinkedIn and then yeah. they, they took it out, right? And I was like, why did they take it out? turns out because LinkedIn – this is, you know, secondhand. LinkedIn was chopping access to the API. Anyway, LinkedIn's seen the error of their way, maybe since Microsoft took them over total speculation listeners i'm totally talking out of my hat here but anyway i was chatting with our linkedin rep and they said oh no no we're getting our full hubspot integration early in 2019 i was like yeah right wow haven't heard that from hubspot but that's great news oh you heard it here first (laughs) well could be complete bogus but anyway they need that and then they just need twitter linkedin as well and then you've got the four platforms and hubspot reporting becomes very compelling that's right all right we're going to talk about the youtube integration craig just because we've been putting this off for weeks now, we've had this in the show notes. We keep bumping it because it gets pushed out by other stuff. But we had to mention it because, again, this is about reporting. Correct. YouTube videos, they link your YouTube channel, and we've got a screenshot, multiple YouTube do. channels. Yep. That's right. And also just remember when you're doing reporting for YouTube, that's all in the social part of the site, not on individual pages like it is for the video add-in that's within HubSpot. Yes, good point. All right, the HubSpot gotcha of the week, Craig. Custom field confusion. Now, this is something I came across with some clients as I was looking at creating forms and trying to understand how their data is managed. And I just realized there were custom fields that were almost identical that different people had created because no one actually cared to look and see, is that field available? Without just going, oh, there's not one called this, therefore I'll go create it. And so just be aware that this is really important when you're actually organizing your data because you can get into a lot of trouble down the track when you're actually trying to use the data to 
report meaningfully and get information you need in a really good way. And I, I wanted to highlight it also for the fact that I discovered in HubSpot Marketing Enterprise, you can actually search on custom fields. So there's a checkbox when you create a custom field that says include in the search, they can be searched within the system. If you're on marketing professional, you don't have that option to do that, which is really interesting because I had a, actually had a customer ask me, oh, we've created this second field name and surname because they, they talked to a husband and they talked to a wife or a partner. And they go, oh, but we want to see what that second name is. Or we want to, when we search, we want that second name to show up. And I'm like, I'm sure I saw I could do that. And I discovered, oh, I can't do that in marketing professional, but in marketing enterprise, I can. So there's a feature that no one ever talks about, but that is the possibility. Yeah. And it's really important to make sure you've actually organized the information correctly within HubSpot before you get going. Take time to actually map it out, understand it, and work out what you're doing before you start going and creating stuff. By the way, that totally uh, unrelated to this segment, but you did raise it then. This all the idea of associated contacts. Yes. That's something sorely missing from HubSpot. You want to have a contact and say, Correct. oh, this contact is associated with this contact. Yes. Gee, that'd be handy. Yes, it would. That must be coming. I know Salesforce, we can do that kind we of stuff. We should check that. Yeah. Might be on that list. Associated contacts, because then you could, you could just have family members. Well, that's what like I would that. be expecting, right? This is exactly right. Like what's a relationship between two contacts? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's right. Associated and association relationship. Yeah. Next of kin, emergency contact, yes. all those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. All right. Marketing tip of the week, Craig? Yeah. Blog post from HubSpot just about naming conventions. And you know what they, you know what they call organizing your HubSpot contact for 2019. Time to roll out the for content. 20. Yes. HubSpot content, sorry. For 2019 time to roll out those for 2019 folks but anyway it's actually good timely because and this goes back to your point in the earlier a shot just about preparing your custom properties it's all around naming and if you had proper naming conventions in place you'd probably catch that when you did custom properties but yeah file management and we were actually going through a whole bunch of different portals and highlighting that even we've been doing this for so long and yet we actually don't have a good process for structured naming mm. conventions and file setup. Correct. I kind of intuitively do it when we yes. set up portals, but I've never actually documented that as a process. Yes. And it highlighted, well, when we it take over other portals, obviously some people have no structure yes. at all. So we're not that bad, but we're not as good as we should be. We should do a whole segment, I think, a show on recommended um, naming conventions and file structure. I think yeah. that would be really valuable. Really makes organizing things so Correct. much better. But anyway, this blog post from this HubSpot. Become, and I think yeah. this becomes really key, Craig. And this goes into organizing the way we organize landing pages, lists, website pages, and so on. It becomes really key, especially when you're in an enterprise portal and you're managing multiple sites, multiple blogs, multiple lists. This is really key to managing it efficiently. Yeah. And not getting things mixed up in the whole Absolutely. pie. All right, onto our HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig. Setting your notification preferences in HubSpot. And I think this is really important and it seems to be an ever growing list of stuff that turns up. We should just recommend this every month. There's Correct. always something new there. 
There is. So you want to highlight that obviously there is some stuff there that needs to be, you need to check because there, when there are different notifications because before you could just do email or notifications and now you can do floating notifications. Desktop was there before. And there's obviously the mobile version as well. So just go and check. As features grow, things get more more elaborate. Just go to, your, more... go to your profile settings, user preferences, and check out all your notifications. There's tons of them there. You could spend... You could spend a whole hour. You just could spend, yeah, getting them. I'll give you one example. We're talking with sales teams. We have workflows. We assign them tasks that won't end of a workflow or a lead score, yes. you know, something that's engaged. Task assigned to you. They said, look, I keep getting an email that I've been assigned this task. Yes. I don't want that. Yeah. Because I go in, I'm in the CRM. I was like, oh, go into preferences, look at, here's how you can be notified. And the thing is, it's on by default to be notified by that's email. Right. They're like, how do I unsubscribe from Correct. all of this? That's the way. Go to your user preferences. That's a really good tip, Craig, because that one of the sales teams I was talking to, they were having the same thing where they were getting all of these email notifications, especially the sales manager. And I just went into his preferences and I unchecked most things. And I said, what do you really want to get and what don't you want to get? Right. And we kind of just fixed it all in the one place. So that yeah. was really good. Now, the second one I want to talk about sitting in on a sales meeting <laughs> this week was people complaining to in the sales meeting that they were double entering information into the CRM. So they were obviously getting the person's contact or getting their card then putting it into their phone and then having to then take that and, you know, put it into Outlook perhaps, then entering it into CRM. And there was all this double handling taking place. Within the HubSpot app on your device, you can actually now, with about two clicks, you can click the add contact and you can either scan the business card and add it straight into the CRM or you can add a contact that's existing in your contacts into the CRM. So use those two methods to actually get data in efficiently with less error, but also to save yourself from trying to put this in. Yeah, that's really cool. And I saw here you can import from contacts as well. Correct. So that's been there and that, that's been a really good feature. Do you use the app much? I do when I'm looking at contacts or someone contacts me. I look at these properties of where they're converted. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I must admit I never use the app. Yeah. But then again, I really only use my phone as a consumption device. I yes. don't do much work on my phone, yeah. so I'm probably not a good use case. But I'm interested if you use it. I know our clients use it a lot, but I'm as a partner, as a do you use it much, do you find, apart from what you just mentioned there in terms of checking sources and things no, like that? No, I don't, and I yeah. should. I just find the, the limited functionality yeah. that I get there is not something that I use all the time. Yeah, right. I think it is much more of a sales tool. It is. It Even is though definitely. it's got stuff like, you know, uh, email reporting and stuff. Correct. But yeah, it's it's much more That's right. sales It is course, definitely uh, more yeah. sales related. And when I have shown this to people in sales, they get excited by the ability that it, it can speed up what they're doing and they can get the information about a customer quickly. Mm. I do like that scan business card, though, yes. especially if you're getting that for free. You know, you can buy apps on the App Store just, Correct. just for scanning business cards. Correct. Now, one thing to be aware, I have tested this out. It's not as quite as intuitive as I thought it would be. Okay. But as I did the first one, I learned the process it goes through. I thought, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. So one thing is it tries to pick up stuff. So if it doesn't pick something up or puts it in the wrong field, you have to basically uncheck 
uncheck those boxes because so when I scanned it, it actually put the person's name into the job title and then the full name was blank, right? Right. Got the email address right, got the telephone number right. So I clicked those and said, okay, cool, right? And I didn't know. I was trying to try was, it, to- was it a particularly hard business card? No, and I was trying to edit it. But then what I did was when I went to the next screen, it then said, oh, well, here's the information that we couldn't match. Does it belong here? And right. that's when the matching happened. Okay. And anything that didn't get matched, you can add in. Okay. So it kind, of, it kind of seemed a bit more logical, but wasn't really clear at the start about what was happening. Right. So I encourage you to actually play around and test it before you well, try get, doing this in front of Get some of, some of your clients to do it. See whether they're tested in anger. See how, how tolerant they are of that. Yeah. That's right. Okay. On to our inside of the week, Craig. Oh, great one. Handwritten notes at scale. And I, I was listening to a podcast and I came across this. So I went to check this out. It's on bond.co. And it's about a service that basically handwrites cards with a real pen. It's a machine that does it. So the machine's driving the pen and it writes cards and they can obviously write it and post it to you. And I thought, oh, that's a great way to automate something. Thinking in my head, but I think you had a very different story. Okay. So, like, let me just preface this by saying I love efficiency and automation. I'm a big fan of it. In Correct. fact, efficiency is one of my core values. This is an example of marketers ruining everything. Okay? Yes. <laughs> so when I saw this, I th- actually thought it was a joke because they've got people saying, <laughs> they've got people saying, oh, people love the personal touch of a handwritten card. Cue imagery of a machine holding a pen, writing a I thought it was a joke, like bagging out marketers, right? But this is, isn't this- It a- exists. Isn't this the epitome of marketers? They're like, we're going to take something special like a handwritten note and we're just like, it's so special because it's so personalized and we're going to take all the personalization out of it. Like, I just could. So I I really, I don't know how to react because on one hand, I go, this is a great idea. It'll probably work. We should use this for our clients. But on the other hand, part of me just dies a little. It's just like, (laughs) this this is what we've become. That's right. We're, We're... we're trying to make things seem personal while not being personal. Yeah, it's it's a fraud. It's <laughs> it's it's like at least with bots, right? We go, "Hi, I'm the Correct. bot. I'm the bot. Yes. I'm not going to pretend I'm human." Yes, I will let you know because people are annoyed when you try. Here, it's like, ah. Oh. So imagine you send this to your clients, right? Because you couldn't be bothered writing them a note yourself, right? So they get this, and then they go, "Oh wow, handwritten note. That was great." And you you kind of have to sit there quietly, awkwardly, not. Wanting to tell them, oh, actually, we just outsource that to some <laughs> robot. It's just like, it just takes everything out of it. And of course, that'll drive, you know, it's a drive to uh, a race to the bottom because that'll just drive the whole value, perceived value of a handwritten note to nothing. And then where do you go from there? Yes. So, anyway, there's my there. It, efficiency versus authenticity. I need to send you one, Craig. <laughs> well, I, I, will, I will value it so highly. All right, podcast of the week, Craig. And this, on the other hand, wonderful. That's right. And this is, it was titled Stop Stealing Dreams. And this is from Seth Gordon's podcast called Akimbo, where he gave a lecture to some college students, I believe. And what was really funny, I was listening to this in the car. I just turned it on. I was listening. I think I started listening to it. And then I had my two boys in the car. And I just picked them up from school. And they were probably listening to this going, oh, my goodness, what on 
a week ago. Should we really be going to school after listening to this? Anyway, I don't know how far, how much they took in, but I loved it because it really explained about what's happening in our culture and with schooling and with the way people learn and the way that people solve stuff. And I really encourage people to listen to this, especially if you've got kids or you, you know, you're doing, you're educating yourself. Think about how you're educating yourself, what you're doing and how it's affecting what you're producing. Because really there's some really great examples in there and I played you bits of it. Mm when we stuck it into the show and really challenged me thinking as a father and a dad, like, am I doing the right thing with my kids? Should I be doing something different? Should I be really aware of how they're learning, what they're learning, how they perceive learning to be as opposed to, oh, you go to school and you do this, or this is what it's going to be. Because I understand, I understand. I've got two boys. I thought one you know, has ants in his pants and can't sit down, but he's actually really studious. And then I've got another one who's creative, you know. Mm. And so really they're very different individuals. And I've got to really think about how I ignite that creativity in them and get them to thrive in what is going to be this world that they live in. I think that's an excellent point. We don't have kids. So that that entitles me to give you advice, by the way. I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. But I think it's, well, first of all, I don't think you should be stressed about that for your kids, but I think it's fantastic that you are thinking about that. But what my takeaway was, it's not just kids. No, it's us too. We're always continually yes. learning, no matter how old we are. So we've got to be thinking, what is our learning? Like, what what are we learning for? Is it to learn skills on le- learning how to learn in a way yeah. versus just learning stuff to regurgitate? I loved his comment in it where he says, we teach kids to c- how to count the dots, but not how to connect the dots. That kind of encapsulated his whole point. I thought it was fantastic. And it really kind of challenged me on how I'm going to learn and what I try to train my brain when excellent so i encourage you we've got a video that we've been put in the show notes have a look at that all right onto our resource of the week craig and it's uh how long should your content be for the best seo oh this is a great article based on actual testing okay so you know how we read all these articles where people have done all this analysis they go ah if you have about two thousand words in a blog post it'll rank better on average than the one that's got a thousand so we all race out to write longer blog posts and i have to admit i've been i've been sucked into this and kind of almost given people advice on this based on studies i kind of go oh well here's what the studies show I, i kind of feel like i haven't really tested that myself so that's always a red flag also shows you shouldn't just join the echo chamber of you know recommending whatever the some blog says anyway this guy tested it this is Corey northcott and he said um turns out it's probably as long as it needs to be so his most his highest ranking article on his site yes actually turns out to be a really short post that answers a very specific question oh, ranks wow. well for a section and you can read the whole blog post yep. about it and he's got one article on there that's a twenty thousand word epic which is great content he's and it's not one of his best performing, right? So there's the extremes, but he's done that across clients and all kinds of things as well. So the takeaway from that is, yeah, answer the question as best you can. There's your answer. How long? About as long as it needs to be is the answer. Absolutely. And I think this is another one of those things where, you know, we try to formulate something and really it's really dependent on what you're trying to achieve or what the subject is as to how much you can go. 
And which leads on to our quote of the week, Craig. And so he poses it as a question, but it's really a statement. He says, what if the ideal length of content for SEO is the one that solves a problem best? Well, yeah. There you go. Can't disagree with that. All right. We've got a few bonus links. If you're not driving, running on the beach or enjoying a stroll. Entering business cards. That's right. Using the HubSpot app. Have a look. There's some great tips uh, for lead scoring that HubSpot have got on their blog. Something from Search Engine Land about technical SEO and something from the New York Times about... About real experts versus fake experts. Great read from our friend David C. Baker. All right. We'd love you to leave a review on our podcast, on Apple Podcasts, as it will greatly help us to help you. And if you've learned anything, we'd love you to let us know. Leave us a comment. Send us a question. Yes. Send us a question. Well, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.